going on everybody welcome into a special edition of the daily energy news beat stand up here on this gorgeous saturday september 2nd 2023 as always i'm your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and director and publisher of the world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley we are here bringing you our weekly recap in which we have our top segments for the weekend it's a wild week Stu. you had a lot of good stuff for us Oh, it was absolutely nutty, man. Now, I'll tell you what, just buckle up. It's going to get weirder. Buckle up, buckaroo, as they like to say. <laughs> um, we hope you guys have a great Labor Day weekend. I'm sure the plan for recording is we will probably take Monday off and we will be back Tuesday to give you guys a rundown of what's going on. So stay tuned, guys. We will see you on Tuesday. I'm going to leave it up to the weekly recap. But remember, before I do that, as always, the stories and analysis. So you hear about to hear courtesy world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe to us on YouTube, guys. We appreciate Stu and the team does a great job of curating this and making sure it's up to speed with everything you need to do. Dashboard.energynewsbeat.com. Questions at energynewsbeat.com. I'm out of breath, though. To the weekly recap, we go. We'll see you Tuesday, folks. Michael, I got three stories for for Bricks and for our a little inside baseball on our successful podcast that we have is because of you, your diligence, your millennial outlook on life. And you and I fight. I mean, we discuss these stories. Uh, I was looking who you were talking about. (laughs) You and I argue or discuss about these stories and you are always I have to defend my stories to you. No, this is boom, 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 boom. You always want to boom a story or two. I got three in here on uh, bricks coming around the corner and China's impacting uh, the U.S. This this is is some scary brick stuff. I think we need to start from the top, though. So let's start with what happened in bricks. We had we've been talking. We've been scaring people for months about bricks expansion. We've been applying for bricks. I'm sorry to say we did not get approved into bricks. Who did get approved? Let's start there. What? Okay. Uh, Miss producer, could you bring in, we're going to bring in several slides on this for our podcast listeners. The first slide coming around the corner is from our random dude on Substack. And I, I really, uh, I really like uh, Andrew Korbacho and uh, he is a Russian PhD now. He just got his PhD. BRICS was originally Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And in January uh, 2024, they are going to be Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and the UAE are joining. These 11 countries have combined population of 37 billion people. Okay. 3.7 billion. Yeah. 37. Sorry. Sorry. Thank you for fact checking me in real time. Oklahoma state education there, folks. I can't argue, dude. They they issued me crayons and I uh, programmed in Fortran on a card key punch. So So that's insane. So read me that again here. Let me get get this right. On top of Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, that's the original BRICS. Now we've got Iran, Argentina, UAE, or Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and Ethiopia. How did Ethiopia get in there? I I don't know, but I I guarantee it. They've got some IR. Rigged. It's rigged. The election was rigged. (laughs) Okay, now listen, think about this. Uh, The other article is in there, and it is 
Now, the new composition control of 80% of the world oil production. <sighs> this go, coincides with Andrew's article in many ways, but it documents how wild this is. Let me go back to Andrew's article here. I brought that in just as a particular moment. This is what I said in my publisher's note. Excellent overview of BRICS expansion. It is clear that the new members are a solidification of the BRICS bank and the global financial model changing. The other geopolitical implications are significant. The new BRICS block will control over 80% of the gas oil and gas reserves. This is effectively ending the United States' ability to weaponize the dollar and complete Western culture's Falling into decline. I recommend subscribing to Andrew Corbacho's uh, 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 random substack of the day guy newsletter. He is not found in mainstream media. I don't agree with everything he says, but holy smokes, he brings his A game there. So here's where it gets. He brings up the financial part, Mike and uh, Michael, and I want your opinion. The BRICS monetary, and I'm going to call it the BRICS block because this is not BRICS mm. plus. It's I'm calling it. I I created the BRICS block because it's now a block of BRICS. Pretty good pun. But it's the financial yes. bank uh, is going to be most likely the one. And it's also going to be kind of like the McDonald's playground, because if you want to join BRICS, you're going to join the BRICS monetary system. Mm -hmm. So it's like the entry into BRICS, you're going to join their monetary system. They also came out with a note and said, oh, by the way, we're not going to interfere with the U.S. dollar as the global standard. But he documents in here that it's going to help accelerate the dollar to India's ruble. To Russia's ruble. I mean, it is uh, absolutely going to eliminate the United States as a world bully. Absolutely. I think the most important part of all of this, you know, first off, there's nothing funner than getting to watch Stu read his own writing because you can just see the you can see him understand the errors that he's made in writing in, in the grammar and he's trying to make the sentence make sense. So we'll go clean that up before everybody sees that first off. Second off, the, you brought up the most important part is that BRICS is going to control 80% of the world's oil production by January 2020. It's absolutely insane. I think the fallout from BRICS specifically is going, you talk about moving to the BRICS currency. I don't think the BRICS currency is really on the table yet. I think what's going to happen is exactly what you mentioned. They're going to shift to probably the yuan, maybe the ruble, maybe something that India transaction, but they are going to now, you know, OPEC is essentially dead now. BRICS now probably becomes the major player when it comes to oil and gas. You know, prices go up, prices go down. And now there's other interests. It's going to be interesting, you know, including Ethiopia in there, Argentina. You know, you know, now you've got obviously Brazil was in there before Saudi Arabia. But how does Saudi fit in with all of this, specifically with the other geopolitical things around there? I think it's critical that the United States begins to increase its oil and gas production because this is going to become a problem 
in the near future if they decide to be like, well, no, we're good on oil. You know, we're good on sending on, on shipments to the U.S. Hey, we're good on this. I mean, we get a lot. We get a lot of our oil from around the, the world. I mean, yes, Canada and the United States make up the majority of our own domestic consumption, but we still rely on other things. Europe, I think, is in trouble. If I would be scared if I was sitting in Europe right now thinking about right. how everybody around me is ganging up on me. And if Russia doesn't get me with the gas, now Saudi might get me with the oil. I'm going to throw this squirrel in. OK, uh, it is a very ugly squirrel with big teeth. And so you've got not only do we need heavy oil because of our refineries, we if we had the Keystone pipeline, this might not even be an issue. It is that significant. So when you take a look at heavy oil, Brazil, we are sanctioning the snot out of uh, Brazil. Brazil is where we have to get a lot of our heavy oils. Then you take a look at India, yep. Russia, China, and everybody else on this. Who are we sanctioning around the world, Michael? Iran, Saudi Arabia. This everybody is, in BRICS. Everybody in BRICS. This is 100% the cause of the U.S., period. I, all I want to know is why did our application to BRICS get denied, Stu? What did we do wrong? Um, they did not like my, uh, president Biden imitation. They thought I was too close and they thought I was, they thought I was okay when I was imitating Putin. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Made in Germany fueled in America. When we sit back and we take a look at what the price difference is on natural gas versus what natural gas is in the UK and the EU, uh, compared to, uh, the U S this is frightening. And when the, uh, the EU lost the Nord Stream Russian uh, imports, uh, it is absolutely bonkers. European gas futures predictably relinquished re recent gains as fears from Australian LNG strikes receded after Woodside Energy uh, struck a tentative deal uh, with the unions. The most interesting EU gas story last week was BASF deal to import U.S. LNG from Chenier. We like that, which could save the German chemicals plant as much as $4.8 compared to buying gas at European wholesale prices. Wow. You know, that that is just absolutely nuts. Typically, deals are struck just like this one, BASF. They had to shut down uh, last month. BASF just had to shut down a fertilizer plant, which, again, snowballs in the whole energy cycle of problems for food, inflation. The world revolves around energy, and this is another example of it. At the uh, close in the different ports or different hubs, Henry Hub is 266, uh, just as a price for natural gas. The JKM and the TTF and the N, uh, NWE LNG, those are all between 1196 and 13.46. Tells you that there is a significant difference in a an incredibly amount of difference between the U.S. and what the U.K. has to pay for natural gas. You got shipping fees, you got to transport it across the ocean, you got to degasify it, and then you got to get it into the pipes. It's expensive, but that price is nuts. Why doesn't the U.S. really take advantage of it here? Don't know. But anyway, in 
2019, the world was awash with gas. I love the way they said that the cost of liquefying and transporting it. There were, I believe, 29 different 67 cargoes had to be canceled because of COVID and the lack of um, purchasing. That's all changed. Uh, Geopolitical uh, issues and um, sanctions uh, all changed all of that. So you got to love Chenier. You got to love LNG. You got to love the great United States uh, energy machine. Let's go to power grids, baby. America first. And we need America first, especially yes. in this power grid. Ed Ireland. I got to give a shout out to Ed Ireland. I was trading emails with him today. Uh, this is out of his uh, Substack. We're facing more extreme. This is out of uh, this is Robert Bryce, who was on our podcast as well. If we're facing more extreme weather due to climate change, it would be insane to make our most critical infrastructure dependent on the weather. We need energy and power systems mm-hmm. that are weather resilient, not weather dependent. Robert Bryce, that's a great quote. ERCOT, as Ed Ireland brings out in his Substack. Uh, everybody's kind of looking to the Texas ERCOT because we have the largest wind in the United States. We have a ton of solar. We have a ton of natural gas. We have nuclear. We have coal. We got it all. We're bigger. We're better. We're better looking in Texas than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Here's the gotcha. Let's go down to the chart, Michael. The fuel mix. Take a look at that mix, Michael. Why don't you go through that here? It's solar, yep. 12 megawatts, wind, 10 megawatts. Hydro, 478 megawatt, uh, 10,000, excuse me, 10,000 megawatts, 478. Power storage, 447. Other, is that people riding their bicycles? Yes, that's squirrels. Squirrels, thank you, on on a little windmill. Natural gas, 53,000. Coal and ignite, 14,000. Nuclear, 5,000. So you sit back and kind of go, wait a minute, if you eliminated natural gas and coal, we'd be screwed. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you would obviously increase your solar and wind. It just goes to show that having dispatchable backup is critical when you don't have solar, wind, or hydro, or other, when the when the squirrels start running. Um, I haven't necessarily... There's. I will admit, ERCOT's been okay this summer, even in some of the hotter days. I mean, there have yes. been some... There have been some minor issues going on, but not as bad as we would think. No. Let me throw these numbers out at you, Michael. I think um, Ed Ireland did a great job. Total power generation across lower 48 states declined by 21% from the same period, but generation from natural gas climbed by over 10%. Whiting uh, gas's lead is the main country. That's in the country. Mm-hmm. Power generation across the lower start de- declined by 22.1% on the renewables. So when you take a look at where it where we have gas, Marcellus and the Permian, man, we ought to take advantage of every drop we can. Yeah, no, we do. Uh, speaking of uh, good things, oil and gas success in Texas and New Mexico. What does it mean for renewable energies? Let's go through this one. This one's got stats out the wazoo. In the Permian right now, USA makes 13 million barrels per day out of the Permian. Uh, 90 BCF, uh, BCFD out of the Permian. That's a lot. It's a lot of gas. Um, uh, yeah, man. Now, Pull my the, finger. The, the, the real question is, have we reached peak? When's peak Permian production in your mind? That's the real question. So it's 13 million a day. Producer, if you can go ahead and fly those two first top two charts off oil production and natural gas production, 
Is it at the top, Stu? Have we reached it? I don't think it? so. You think I we think see there's more? Uh, I think there's still a lot more in there. And I think that there's new technologies coming around the corner. I don't think we've seen peak yet. You don't think we've seen peak? Five and a half million out of the Permian. Love that. That's what over, uh, it's like 30, 40% of the all the oil we make. It's crazy. It is a ton, dude. Now, when you sit back and take a look, there's some other things in here. Texas, the number one state, has 4.6 times more crude uh, production than New Mexico. Texas as a country was number fourth in world oil production. Go Texas. Uh, renewables production is less than 7% of total energy production in both states, meaning oil and gas dominates, as expected, um, the Permian for the energy. But Texas as a country ranks number fifth in the world with wind production. Wow. Texas is an example of how both wind and gas should play hand in hand. Now, to be honest, now I have my issues with ERCOT. Of course, everybody does. They're not that smart, but there is something to be said about Texas is on the path to making both of them work. Right now, later on in the article, it says the reason that Texas has gotten so good or has such a base is because they've been doing it since 2002. And yep. Governor Perry is the reason. And I'm going to throw this out. We're scheduling him and mm. Alex Epstein. We're coming up with both mm. of them. They haven't talked mm. to each other in a long time. We're mm. sneaking that bad dog out there. We got mm. both of them coming on the show. Love that. Love that. Bug. All right. So you sit back and take a look. Texas does it right. Our energy costs are half yep. of what California is. You can have your uh, renewables. You can have your nuclear. You can have your coal and you can yep. still do it right. You can have it all. You can have your cake you can and eat it, it too. Too.